in 2017, Sean Parker sat down of Axios for an interview. Parker was the first president of Facebook, but he now calls himself a conscientious objector to social media. In the interview, he said this about the social media empire he helped to create. God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains. The thought process that went into building these applications, with Facebook being the first of them, was how do we consume as much time and conscientious attention as possible? We need to give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while because of a liked comment or photo. And this will get you to contribute more content and more comments and more photos, which will continue to get more likes. And this creates a social validation feedback loop. Exactly the kind of thing a hacker like myself would come up with because you are exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. Good morning, North River. Welcome to church. <laughs> so today, we're going to be focusing on media's effect on us drawing near to God and how social media and entertainment is one of the biggest deterrents from us drawing near to God. So to illustrate this, we're going to do a little social experiment. Everybody take out your phone. Everybody take out your phone. And I, I, I don't believe in myself, but I don't think I have to do this because I don't think anyone gets on their phone during church. But we're going to do this. So everyone's going to put your phone on do not disturb, all right? On an iPhone, that means swipe up from the bottom, click the moon. And then that means people can't, if you have a little child, we understand you can't do that. It makes sense. But, and then what I'd like you to do is put it someplace you're not going to grab for it. Now, if you're going to use it for your notes, your Bible, just put it on airplane mode. But put it in your purse, put it on the floor beneath you. Let's just go an hour without getting on our phones and see how it makes us feel. Amen? Amen. But Sean Parker wasn't the only... Uh, technology guru that confessed about the giant problems that he created. Former vice president of Facebook user growth said the short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. St even Steve Jobs said that he didn't let his kids use iPads, and he limited the use of technology in the home. Psychologists say that we are the most distracted generation in human history. And there's all these studies that go into this. You know, a recent study said the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. Millennials spend an average of five and a half hours a day on their iPhones. You know, another study said 50% of teens say they can't go a day without their phone. And they gasp at the idea that phones didn't always exist. <laughs> and 77% of young people will reach for their phones when there's nothing occupying their attention. And not only is it destroying mass amounts of our time, but it's destroying our ability to pay attention. As a human being, you know how, what your average attention span is? Eight seconds. So I just lost it right there. But you, how about a goldfish? You know how long an average attention span of a goldfish is? Nine seconds. We're losing the goldfish. And, and social media and entertainment is just taking away our ability to stay focused. Now, I'm not here to say that we should throw all of our technology out the window and become monks and live on this church campus 24-7, right? Like there's so many great things about technology. Can you imagine the world without Google Maps? We'd have to go, nobody's going to go back to those prehistoric pieces, you know, paper maps, right? Like, what about the world without Spotify? How do we listen to music? 
Or I know most of us, our houses would be falling apart if we didn't know how to fix things from YouTube. And if you're anything like my household, Pinterest personally sponsors about half our recipes. That technology is amazing and social media is amazing in connecting us, but our drop in our ability to pay attention is a giant problem. And the world of media and distraction is not only a problem in society at large, but it's wreaking havoc on our souls. The rise of technology has been a leading contributor in the minimization of discipleship, making it a shallow, feel-good spirituality. And without the capacity to pay attention and stay focused, it's not possible to have a deep spiritual life, much less grow and mature into the healthy, healthy people God created us to be. It robs us of the undistracted, focused, quiet spaces required to have a powerful walk with God. And it removes our ability to engage with God and with one another and our families. And so the Bible doesn't mention phone, believe it or not. So we can't, unless we're going to go to second opinions, there's no place in the Bible where we can show you something with a phone or with media, but there's plenty of principles that we can apply. And why are we, why are we doing this? Well, because all year we've been focusing on drawing near to God. And we've been focusing on, on drawing close to God, and we're clo closing out the year. But here at the end of the year, we're going to focus not on how to draw near to God, but on what stops us from drawing near to God. So I think the truth is all of us want to be close to our Lord, and yet usually it doesn't look like this. Usually when we draw near to Netflix, I mean God, it looks like this. And we're so distracted. And we can barely find time in our days. And even when we sit down to spend time with God, we can barely separate ourselves from our phones to be able to have this space to connect with our Lord. Amen? So go ahead and flip in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. That's where we're going to pick up. And we're going to bounce around to a couple different scriptures as we talk about this subject. So in Matthew 11, <coughs> I had the flu last weekend, like half the church, and I'm still recovering. Amen. So Matthew 11. It's this incredible scripture from Jesus. And he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, I love Jesus. Jesus wants us to be incredibly confident, peace-centered, just fulfilled and purpose-driven people. Like, he wants the best for us. And when he says, man, and, and when you're not there, when you're weary and burdened, come to me, and I got you. Come to me, and, and I'll, I'll take care of you. And you're not always going to be feeling your best. When you're not feeling your best, come to me, and, and I'll really give you what you need. He says, look, when, you're, when your body is feeling sick, you go to the doctor, and they give you rest for your body. But he says, I'll give you rest in something no doctor could ever give you. The doctor, you go to get rest for your body, but I can give you rest for your soul. What No one on this planet has ever said that. That you come to me and I'll give you rest for something that you don't even know how to describe. That the peace and contentment of Jesus is incredible. Amen, church? Yet the truth is that half the time when we need rest, when we're feeling weird and we're feeling burdened, where do we usually go? Because I think the truth is we don't usually go to our Bibles and to prayer. But instead, we flip on Netflix. And instead, we open up social media. And one of the greatest lies of Satan is the lie that other things can give you rest more than Jesus. 
Because the truth is, Jesus isn't the only one that's saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. At the end of a long day, in your burden, you're tired. Netflix or Hulu screaming your name. Come to me. The office, come to me and I'll give you rest for your souls. Or when you're really stressed out and, you're, and you feel like you need some rest, Facebook and Instagram, come to me and I'll give you rest. And I want to call out today the lie that that is. There's a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 2, and it says, My people have committed two sins. They have forgiven me, for, forsaken me, the spring of living water, and I've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And so this passage, again, we see God, you know, where Jesus is this spring of living water in the arid de- desert place that Judea is to have a spring that is coming up of cool, clean water from underground, and it's constantly flowing. That, that's, a, that's like a gold mine. It's amazing. God says, man, I, I want to be this living spring that's constantly pouring peace and contentment and purpose into your life, but you've abandoned me. Instead, you've dug your own cisterns. Now, a cistern can be a, it's anything that holds water, right? So it can be a giant jug, or it can be something in the ground like a well. If it's in the ground and it's broken, then it's getting contaminated with dirt. Or like this, it can't hold water if it's a jug. And man, guys, media is so, so broken that it, it, it offers you so much, but it robs you of everything. It promises you everything, but steals everything you have. It's so broken. And of course, during this context, God's not talking about water, actual water, right? But he's talking about idols. You know, two verses earlier, he says, Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged the glorious God for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. Is media an idol in your life today? And I don't even think I should, is it? It's more what form of entertainment is an idol in your life today? Because I think every single one of us that live in this Americanized culture, something in entertainment is an idol for us. We go to something first before we go to God. Do you worship entertainment and only entertain God? Think about your days. Think about how long and how much time you spend on social media or how much time you spend just watching ESPN or watching sports or how much time you spend just binge watching compared to how hard it is to find time for God. We got to be, are we just entertaining God, just getting enough to entertain him, to keep our walks, but then really bowing down and worshiping so much time, energy, and effort to entertainment? Because, guys, it's broken. It robs you. I mean, it says it offers so much. When was the last time you left social media and then you felt secure? Right? Isn't it you, you get on there and then you see, wow, that person looks like how I want to look. I'm discouraged. Or that person got a lot more likes than I got on my post. Or look, man, they, all, all those friends are hanging out. Hang on a second. Why didn't they invite me? Or look, they're on vacation. I wish I was there. Or they have that house. Or they have that car. I wish I had that. We usually leave social media insecure. And we usually leave social media wanting, not content. Or how about after a long day? And then Netflix, you know, I love The Office, but I'm bashing it. And The Office, you, you say, hey, I want to I zone out for four hours on The Office. And you just slowly sink into the couch on your spine, right? And then whenever you get up after that four hours, do you feel refreshed? 
Do you wake up, man, I'm ready to conquer the world now. Let's do it. No, you usually need to go to sleep to recover from your binging. <laughs> like, it, it, it doesn't offer you any refreshment. It only removes your energy. Man, I love Sunday football. But the, on the days where I watch all three games, and I watch about nine hours of football, and then when I get up and my wife asks me to do the dishes, I'm not in a serving mood. <laughs> I'm not in a place where I want to get up and go serve, and I don't feel refreshed. I just feel drinks. I've been only f- been focusing on me and what I want for the last nine hours. It, it, guys, it's not true. Like, social media cannot give you what Jesus gives you. Entertainment cannot give you. It's such a lie from Satan. Satan says that it's more important to remain on your news feed than to remain in Jesus. That is a lie. Satan says that, you know what, Netflix can give you life to the full more than Jesus can give you life to the full. That is a lie. You know, all these things that for so many of us, Satan's going, it's more important for you to get likes on Instagram than to be liked by God. That is a lie. Are you with me? Do you worship entertainment and only entertain God? I'm worried that there's an increasing number of us that have more accomplishments on video games than we have in real life. I'm worried. I'm worried about that. I'm worried that we would rather watch a TV show about a great family than to spend the time and energy it takes to build a great family ourselves. I'm worried about that. As a church, we can't live the same way that the world lives. And so what happens is we have this deep fear inside of us that drives our constant consumption of entertainment. And it's this thing that used to exist back in the 90s and 80s called boredom. Do y'all remember that? That existed like once upon a time, right? Like when you were in uh, at Starbucks getting a coffee and there was a 10-minute wait, you know what you would do? You'd wait. And if you lifted up your hand, nothing would be in it. You guys remember that? <laughs> I'm just old enough to remember that time when boredom existed, and yet we had this, con- this intense fear of being bored. And so any second we want to whip out our phones just to get a little more that dopamine hit that we talked about in the very beginning. And what we've, what we've trained ourselves to do is to consume, consume, consume as much information as physically possible. And if we're not careful, then our walks with God only become about consuming instead of about living out. Are you so busy consuming information about God that you miss experiencing God? Now, learning a ton of information and going deep into our scriptures, man, we love the Marty Solomon stuff all last week. We, need, we want to consume as much as we can about our Lord Jesus because his information is so much more important than any other information out there. Amen? Yet, if all we do is learn, it never gets us to truly experience a relationship with God. If all we do is learn and consume all this information, but that never gets us to go live it out ourselves, then what are we doing? We can't treat God the same way we treat entertainment and the same way we treat other forms of media. Amen? So there's another passage I want to go to here in Psalms 10, and I think it applies to this. It says, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In, in all his thoughts, there is no room for God. And I think so many of us live in this headspace where we want God and we want to go deep with God, but we can barely make room for him in our lives. 
And this is where the beauty of, this, of uh, silence and solitude comes in. You know, in Luke 5, Jesus says he often withdrew to lonely places so he could pray, where he, he got away from all the noise. He got away from all the voices. He got away so that the other people weren't there and he could just focus on him and God. And yet when we walk around with our phones, it's like we always carry constant information around with us. And, and it's just the importance, man, if we're going to make room for ourselves and our brains for God, we've got to figure out how to separate ourselves yep. from media. There's, there's this awesome story about Martin Luther King. And um, he told this later on in one of his sermons, and he was reflecting on earlier in his life. It was right around the bus boycotts, and uh, he had already started getting received threats on him and his family. He had just gotten arrested for going uh, 30 miles an hour in 25 an hour zone, you know. And uh, it was the very beginning of the social rights movement. And he, and he was up late one night in his house, and he couldn't sleep. And so he went downstairs to his kitchen table, and he was distressed because he wanted to quit. And he didn't think he had it in him. And he just felt like, this is too much for me, it's too dangerous on me, and too dangerous on my family. And in this sermon that he was telling, he said, quote, at that kitchen table, it seemed like at that moment, I heard an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther's stand up for righteousness, stand up for justice, and stand up for truth. And lo, I'll be with you to the end of the world. And he says, that was the turning point for me. And from that moment, man, I, I would look back on that moment again and again and again to say, this is God's movement, not mine. And that changed him. And, and there's this article that came out recently, and it told this story, recounted this story of Martin Luther, and, how, and then it said simply at the end, what if Martin Luther King had an iPhone? And late at night, when he was sitting at his kitchen table, instead of in silence and solitude, praying and processing with God, he just whipped out his phone. And he checked, he checked, hey, what were the scores today that I missed? Or he checked on social media, what, oh, is someone else like? Or what, what kind of emails or messages did I get? What if he had missed the voice of God that night? How much of our country would have changed? How much of our country would have been wanting for what he brought, that God wanted to bring, but took someone being willing to open up space in their life to hear God's voice? If God tried to talk to you yesterday, would you have heard him? You know, God doesn't come in the thunder and in the lightning, you know, to, a, uh, to Elijah. He came in the whisper. He came quietly. So we need to clear out space in our life, even going into the holidays, right? A lot of us have some more free time. Like we, we take days off or going on vacation, all that kind of stuff. Don't just constantly fill it with people. Find, carve out time with God without your phone, without media, where no one can get to you. Maybe you go on a couple hours into the woods. Maybe it's just the morning time where you wake up super early without anything, where you find some time to listen to God's voice. Amen. And this doesn't just affect our walks with God, but it affects our families. I do want to talk about this because um, also going into this time, we have a lot more time with our families. But if we're not careful, we have a lot more time being around our families, but not connecting with them at all. And there's a ton of studies. You know, for the longest time, there's all these terrible studies about how screen time for children is terrible. And, and yet now it's switched. And it says even worse than your kid on screen time is the adult on screen time. And so here's some studies with this. It says moms on cell phones, this study uh, concluded, moms have cell phones have children who are more negative and less resilient. 
Another study's conclusion said 32% of 8 to 13-year-olds feel unimportant when parents are on their phones. Another study said distracted parental attention harms children's social and emotional development. And in all these studies, thousands of children were studied, and one of them was interview-based study of thousands, and the, the lead in, interview and researcher concluded, we are behaving in ways that certainly tell children that they don't matter, that they're not interesting to us, they're not as compelling as anybody, anything, or any ping that may interrupt our time with them. Guys, and I, I have a 13-month-old. I, I feel, when I was researching all this, I was so convicted. Because my, for my son, he can't talk to me. We're not in this, he's not in the stage of wrestling yet, right? Like, I don't really know what to do with him half the time. And so I just want to, I, I kind of want to be in the room with him, but I just will be on my phone instead of engaging. And what all these studies were going to is, is the blank face when you're on your phone. And we miss the emotional cues. We miss the call and response. We miss the things that are so important to them just because of the blank face. And, and it hurts our kids. And going into this, this holiday time when we're around our family a lot, guys, don't bring the whole family together and then just zone out onto your phones. Don't bring the whole family together and praise God for the, the yearly tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life and things like that. But don't make, every, when was the last time you had a dinner with no devices in your home? If you think about it, we only have several hours every night with our kids. How much of that time is spent engaging with our kids versus zoned out onto the screen? We know how important it is biblically to love God, but then to love our families. That we're supposed to give our first fruits to God, and then we're supposed to next give our first fruits to our families and take care of them and love them and raise them in incredible ways. And yet media can be the biggest distraction to us taking care of our families. Am I, am, I, am, I, am I on to something here, guys? You guys with me? You guys with me? So this is, this is what we're going to do, guys. We're not going to be the people that just talk about this and not do anything about it. Amen? And so I want to invite you guys to do something with some of us. And it, what we're, what we're going to do is a social media blackout. A social media blackout. And then starting at noon tomorrow on Monday, so you have time to process it, have a quiet time about it, decide if you want to do it. We're inviting everyone to join us from noon tomorrow to go until church next Sunday. And to say no social media. And to see what it does to you. Because I think some of us immediately said, it's not possible. How are you going to do that? I, I would rather go without clothes than without social media. I mean, we, some of us just kind of go there. And guys, that, that should show us something's wrong. Why, why is this so important for life? And there's something deep inside of us that we need to wrestle down. And so what no social media blackout, if you're going to join us, it's no, you know, it's no Instagram, no Facebook, no Twitter, none of those things. But it's also no YouTube. Okay? No YouTube, right? And you're going to remove those things. And I want to give a challenge to all of us here today to this week, figure out what else you need to give up. Get, whether it's, man, I, as a dad, I zone out into basketball every night. You know, no basketball this week. Or whether you say, hey, we, don't, we, we haven't had dinner for a really long time because we all end up watching our own show of Netflix. You know what? No Netflix this week in the house. Whatever it is for you and your family, I, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to take time as roommates, to take time as a family and say, hey, what can we do this week to really connect and to not let media get in the way of us having an incredible family life? And then also not let media get in the way of you drawing near to God. What if this week, 
without social media, without, you know, getting on YouTube or Netflix and things, what if this was the best week with you and God all year? Because I think it, it will be if you get rid of the main distraction. And what if, what if this was the greatest week for you and your family all year? Because you didn't have screens. I want to challenge us to do this. And I don't just want to re, uh, say, to, hey, let's remove, you know, all these things. But it's all about what you replace it with, right? And so, and what's our goal, right? We want to get from the distractions from this, right? We were talking about in the beginning. We want to go from this to this. So you have to remove all that in order to get to this. But I want to talk just briefly before we go into communion about what to add this week. So what to add this week when you're with your family and with God, you know, add some silence and solitude with, with God. Maybe instead of uh, getting this on a screen at night, pick up a spiritual book and read a spiritual book in the evenings. Maybe you can do that as a family. Maybe you want to write your own, your own psalm. Or as a family, man, have, have uh, dinner with your family this week with no devices. We're not in front of the TV, not in front of with all the devices around. Let's just get together. You know, board games, cards, family devotional. How about this? Instead of doing something at night, what if you spend the evening just talking? It's not possible anymore to not do anything as a family, but just to connect and to talk as a family. But that takes emotional work, doesn't it? That we, as, as parents, even for myself, I want to let a screen do the emotional work for me to engage my child instead of for me to do the work to engage my child. But all these, you know, make a cool family handshake. There's all kinds of fun stuff you can do this week. But I really want to encourage you, for everyone that wants to join, well, I want to invite you to do a social media blackout and then also to decide what do you want to do in your family to, to take out so that you can bring in the good to draw near to God. Amen? I'm going to say a prayer, and then uh, we'll, we'll be able to go to communion together. Father God, thank you for Jesus saying, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. God, we're so grateful we, we serve a God that wants to give us rest, that wants us to be purpose-filled, just uh, content and peace-centered people, God. Thank you for Jesus doing that. And God, we know that social media can be an idol in our lives. We know that entertainment can be something that we go to and worship over you, God. And I pray that this week we can change that. We can start to make just uh, steps in the direction to uh, undistracting ourselves so we can get focused on you. And God, I pray that during this communion that we can not get on our phones, that we cannot reach and think about social media or or the game or the email. And we can even spend the next two minutes challenging ourselves to just come to you and to come to you to find rest for our souls. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.